Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. I want to just start this morning with a, um, with a few testimonies or a few moments of bragging on the goodness of God. We just sang about the goodness of God. But how many would just, I know we've had you raise your hands a lot today. I don't want, you, I don't want to wear your arms out. But, uh, but how many would just say that I can testify that Jesus has stepped into my life and done something that I couldn't do my, by myself? Sustained me through seasons I couldn't get through by myself. Financially, physically, relationally, all those different ways. You know, there's more than once in my life where I just didn't know uh, financially speaking, how Megan and I were going to make it. We were trying our best to be good stewards. We were doing our best to honor the Lord with our giving. We were doing the best to be where God told us to be when he told us to be there. But how many of you know you can do your very best and sometimes life hits you in the mouth anyway, right? And in moments where I was just like, God, I, I, I know you said you're going to take care of us and you're going to sustain us, but Lord, I think that maybe this time you missed it. I think this time you you might not make it on time, and about the time I would think that, uh, you know, I'd get a letter in the mailbox that had a, a a check in it from you know a rebate or a refund or somebody who's just thinking of us. And God showed up over and over again in my life. I can also tell you, medically speaking, matter of fact, this morning I was stopped by two members of our church in different lobbies of our church with people testifying about how they'd gotten one report from the doctor and then went back to the doctor a second time and the results had changed, right? Somewhere between the first visit and the second visit, Jesus stepped in. I mean, Jesus, he steps in today. Amen. He steps in in ways that we cannot, uh, we cannot imagine. I, uh, I'll never forget when I was about uh, 20 years old, I got a phone call. Uh, and my mother said, hey, I need you to go be a pallbearer for this uncle you've never met before. I'm about to go be a participant. She said, you know, I really didn't know him that well either. He was a great uncle. as like, you know, not immediate family. And she said, the only thing I can tell you about was his name is Charlie, and he's the first person I've ever seen healed. What do you mean? She said she, he showed up at Thanksgiving one day, and his whole, his whole side of his face was deformed with a cancerous tumor. The doctor just said there's nothing they can do. And, and our Uncle Charlie went home that afternoon. He just put his hand in his, over his face like this. And he just said, God, I know you're good. And God, I know you're the healer. And he said as he just prayed that simple prayer, he just felt something warm come over his hand. When he took his hand down and looked in the mirror, and that cancerous tumor that no doctor could heal was healed in the name of Jesus. That's the kind of God we serve that can step in. And he's done it over and over again. I've seen people delivered, and I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but I know there's multiple people in this room who were once addicted to drugs and alcohol. There's people in this room who were once addicted to drug and pornography, but if you ask them about their journey through that addiction, their addiction is past tense because Jesus has set them free. And Jesus still steps in, and he still sets us free today. How many of you know that today? He still does it. And today we're... We're following up the Easter Sunday from last week. We're just reading a few verses down. And let me tell you something that maybe you don't consider very often. The first Easter Sunday found the disciples in a desperate need for Jesus to step in. We celebrate like we did last Sunday that he's alive. 
right? And we think that since he rose, every problem on earth is solved. And ultimately it is. But maybe you've thought, well, just because Jesus is alive and he does miracles and he does wonderful things, he steps into people's lives and he does great things for them, does that mean he's going to step in and do great things for me? Have you ever had that question? God, I know you're able. I'm just not sure if you're going to do it for me. The first Easter Sunday, the disciples were not as faith-filled about the resurrection as maybe we thought they would be, or as maybe we would suspect them to be. We think on the first Easter Sunday, they've gotten news that Jesus has risen from the dead, that they would be running through the streets telling everybody that Jesus is alive. I mean, that's what they ought to be doing, right? But instead, listen to verse number 19. This is still Easter Sunday. It says, that evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. Why locked doors? Because they were afraid, not faith-filled, they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and on his side. And they were, fear, they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. And if you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. Let's pray together. Father, we just received this word today from you. It's the word of God. It doesn't need any help from you. It doesn't need the anointing from you. It's already God-breathed. It's God-inspired. It's God-spoken. So it's already powerful enough to do everything you want it to do. But Father, I need your help today. God, I need your help to speak what you want spoken in everyone in the room. God, we just admit humbly that we need the help of the Holy Spirit to hear what the, what the Word wants us to hear this morning. So God, I just pray that every locked door in our life, you'll just step through it today, that we can hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us, and we'll give you thanks for it. And everybody in the room said amen. amen. If you'll hit rewind on the resurrection, it takes you back to the crucifixion. And the crucifixion and the three days of silence from Jesus and even the first Easter morning before uh, everyone has spread the news that Jesus is alive, the death of Jesus has, has spoken things to the world. It's spoken things to the disciples. And it has spoken things like this. Your trust was misplaced. Your hope was in vain. What you believed, you were actually deceived. Because Jesus died. And he's been dead for three days. And even though there's people that say he's alive, most of the disciples don't even believe it fully. If you'll read the, the account when Jesus appears to the two disciples who are on the road to Emmaus that same day, the Bible says that Jesus asked them, what are you talking about as you walk along the road on this seven-mile journey to Emmaus? What are, you, what are you talking about to each other? And one of the disciples said to Jesus, haven't you heard? Are you the only person in the town that hasn't heard about what's taken place these last few days? How Jesus, how we believed he was the Messiah. And the Bible says, here's, here's what he says, we had hoped he was the one to set us free. And now his body is missing, and even some of our company is saying that he is 
alive, but we haven't seen them. The mindset and the attitude of their heart is revealed in the words when they said, we had hoped. You ever had a moment from where you did hope to where you had hoped? That means their hope was lost. The resurrection of Jesus did not restore their hope, or hearing about it at least, did not restore their hope. The disciples are in locked doors. They're meeting, that they're hunkered down in a private meeting because they're afraid of what the Pharisees would do to them. What would the leaders do to us? I mean, if they crucified Jesus, imagine what they could do to us. This was not a day of hope for them. This was a day of fear for them. It was a day of the unknown. It was a day of wondering, well, well, if Jesus is alive, that's great news. But you know what? This room was basically full of a bunch of failures. You got Peter who denied Christ. And you got the rest of them that scattered when Jesus was arrest, arrested. They were loaded with fear. They were burdened with failure. And they probably wondered... If Jesus is alive, is he going to use us, faulty people? Or is he going to go find 11 more guys who haven't messed up, who haven't blown it so recently? But in the middle of all their failure and their own known, Jesus did something. He, he stepped into their life. He stepped into their room. He stepped in to where they were. And I just came to preach a simple message to you this morning. It's this, that Jesus steps in. No matter what you're facing today, no matter how life has slammed the door in your face, no matter how much in bondage you feel you are, no matter how bad your hope seems to be lost and misplaced, can I tell you, Jesus still steps in. He still steps into the place that seems to be locked and off limits, and he steps in and he says this powerful word, peace be to you. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of a living God. And the presence of a living God stepped into their trouble. This morning, I want to talk to you real quickly how Jesus can step into your life this morning. And I'm going to just give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to put you on notice this morning. I, I just really felt the Holy Spirit lead me to, to, to do the service this way today. How many would you say that you're facing something that you need Jesus to step into today? I need Jesus to step in. I'm all across this room, all across this room. Here, here's how I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to to preach this message today is at the conclusion we're going to everyone who lifted their hand if you didn't and you if you're believing Jesus to step into your life today I'm just going to invite you to join me we're going to stand across the front and we're just going to in a prayer of unity ask Jesus to step into our situations okay so that's where we're going so I want to ask you just to begin let as I preach this let your faith rise that when you stand up to come forward you understand I'm not I'm not walking 20 steps to the front of a building, but I'm taking, I'm taking a step towards the presence of God this morning. Amen? That's, that's where we're going today. So, so just let this message build your faith. Because here's the first point this morning is this, is that Jesus can step through the locked doors of your life. Locked doors equal this. Here's how I'm defining locked doors this morning. It's simply areas of your life that are too big for you to handle yourself. Locked doors represent problems that you can't handle. Fear is the dominant emotion. It's the dominant attitude of the day. 
And you would think with the prospect of Jesus being alive that that would muster new courage. But instead, they're locked behind a door because they're not convinced, number one, if Jesus is alive. Or number two, if he is alive, is he really going to participate in our life anymore? Here's the thing that fear does for us. Fear paralyzes us. They were hiding in a locked room behind locked doors in a secret meeting because they were too afraid of what might happen to them. If you lifted your hand this morning and said, hey, there, I need Jesus to step into my life, chances are there's a bit of fear attached to that. There's a bit of fear of what if Jesus doesn't show up? What if God doesn't perform a miracle? What if I trust him and I'm left out to dry? What if, what if I put my faith in him and he doesn't come through? I would just like to turn that channel around this morning to ask you this question. What if he does? What if you trust him and if he keeps his word? Because I can tell you this, there is a lot more track record recorded of Jesus keeping his word than there is of him ever failing. Someone's already asked the question. Pastor Dave asked the question, why would he start failing us now? So whatever the locked door is of your life, understand Jesus can come through it. Fear turns our mind, I'm going to get off fear in a minute, but fear, so many people struggle with it. I would say we all, I know I do, we all struggle with fear on different levels. Maybe it's not fear like a child who's scared of the dark, but it's fear. You know you're a victim of fear when your mind starts asking this question repeatedly. What if? What if this doesn't work out? What if that person doesn't change? What if I don't get this result? What if it doesn't go my way? What if it doesn't happen in time? What if what I'm believing for, anytime you're, you're plagued by fear, your mind turns into a, into a minefield of what ifs. And the disciples were so plagued by what if. What if Jesus isn't alive? What if someone did steal his body? What if he's not going to love us anymore? What if he's not going to use us anymore? What if he's going to come to the world, but he's going to forget us because we just failed him? Their minds had to be so filled with what ifs that they locked their door and they hid. Do you know why they hid? You know why they locked the door? Because they were trying to find peace. From the world they were living in. See those locked doors. They represent. What I'm calling. Substitute. Peace. All of us in this room. If we'll be honest. We all have things that bring us substitute peace. Certain number in our checking account. If we're above a number. We have peace. If we're below the number. We don't have peace. I can tell I'm preaching good because you're being quiet. <laughs> Listen, those numbers are going to come and go, but you can have peace despite the number. Some of us, we have peace if this particular person is happy with us, and we don't have peace if a particular person is unhappy with us. Let me tell you a secret about people. You ready? People are fickle. Right? They'll love you one day and, and, and run over your flower bed the next day. I mean, they're just, they're, they're weird. They're, they're, and I'm glad we're not one of those, aren't you? But here's the thing. Our best attempt of providing our own peace doesn't work. And I'm glad it doesn't work. Because Jesus is not stopped by our futile attempts of providing our own peace. 
You know, our, our girls, we love to play hide and seek in our house. If you're new to the church, I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, and our house isn't, it's not like we live in a mansion, so there's hundreds of places to hide. There's like eight places to hide. And, and so when we play hide and seek, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be found. But occasionally, my youngest especially, if she finds a good hiding place, you know where you're going to find her the next time? The same spot. As a matter of fact, sometimes she will tell you, Daddy, I'm going to go hide where I was. And I'll tell her, listen, don't tell me where you're going to hide. That's part of the game is you don't tell me. And sometimes we do what these disciples did. We try to hide from our problems. We try to hide from the fear uh, that we're going through. We try to hide from the issue in our heart. We try to build these locked doors and think, I'll just keep everyone out. Do you know what happens when you rely on your own peace instead of the peace of God? You start to isolate yourself from people and insulate yourself from reality until you're finally all alone. And all you've done is you're paint, you've painted yourself in a corner where no one can help you. Even the truth can't help you because it doesn't, it doesn't register with this false, this false presentation you've got going in your mind. But friends, I'm thankful that even when we paint ourselves on a corner, Jesus can still show up and rescue us. Here's the second thing this morning. Jesus stopped, steps through our locked doors. But number two, Jesus paid the price for your peace. Whatever problem you're facing today, you lift your hand, I got good news for you. Jesus has already paid the price for you to get through what you're going through. Jesus walks in the door. When you're reading your Bible, if, you, if Jesus or the Bible says something repeatedly, it's kind of like when your mom said something repeatedly. It's because it's important. Twice Jesus said, peace be unto you. The Bible says that he said those words and then he showed them the scars in his hands and the scars on his side. Now, I don't know about you, but if if I'm getting a glorified body from God, I have a few suggestions I would like to make. I would like to have a little bit more hair up top, a little bit less in the middle, and I've got a few more suggestions. But Jesus rises from the dead. He's in this heavenly body, and yet he keeps the scars. When he shows up, he shows them the scars. And I often wonder, why did, he, why did he keep the scars? You might say, well, he kept the scars so they would know it was him, so they would recognize him. And that might be true. But you know what? Those scars are more than just an identifying marker. It is evident that your peace and your sin debt and your problem and your sickness and your disease and your oppression and your depression has all been paid in full. It's no longer yours. It's been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when he shows them the scars, he says whatever you're facing is covered. Your sins are forgiven. Your slavery to sin is over. Your fear is conquered. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says this, He was buried and then raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And he appeared to Cephas and the twelve. And after that he appeared to 500 others. 
And those scars were identifiers not of just who he was, but he paid the price for your peace and my peace. Third, this morning, why should I invite Jesus into my life? Because Jesus can repurpose your life. These disciples locked in a hideaway room in a secret meeting. They didn't just need Jesus to show up. They needed to know that their life still mattered and that God had purpose for them. I don't know if you noticed, but Jesus did not lead them out of that room. He sent them out of that room. Jesus not, did not call them out of their fear. He sent them out of that fear. Whatever you're facing with today, Jesus is not going to come into your life and just let you loose. He's going to let you loose and then send you on a mission. That's what he does. He repurposes our life. You know, growing up as a kid, I don't know, I don't know if I just had really stingy parents or if... I should have looked this up. I wonder what year Tupperware was invented. Does anyone know? Because, you know, I was an 80s kid and a 90s kid, and I didn't know Tupperware existed. Tupperware in my house was Cool Whip bowls and Folgers coffee cup cans. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? People of a certain age in the room are raising their hand. Okay, I got you. I see that hand. I mean, I didn't know that you could buy it in boxes. Everything, I, every, you know, when you saw a Cool Whip container in the refrigerator, the only thing you knew is it wasn't Cool Whip. You just open the lid and, oh, dumplings today or whatever. You didn't, you didn't know. It's like, you know, your birthday every day. Ooh, look, surprise. Cool whips and coffee cans. I'm just, I'm just saying, we, we repurposed. And what was on the outside was no indication of what was on the inside. Hey, man, can I tell you in the same way in your life, it doesn't matter what kind of scars is on your outside. It's no indication of what God can do and will do on the inside of your life when you invite him to step on in to your mess and your mire, friends. He can change what's on the inside. Peter had to be one of the most scared individuals to come face to face with Jesus. Peter did exactly what he said he wouldn't do, right? Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And Jesus said, and Peter said, no way, not me. James, probably. John, maybe, but not me. And what did he do? He did exactly what he said he wouldn't do. And Jesus shows up. He doesn't just show up on that locked door. He shows up on the seashore one day, and he tells Peter, Three different times. Feed my sheep. Why? Because he wants Peter to know your failure hasn't erased your future. What's gone wrong hasn't stopped what I want to do right in your future. The same is true for you and for me. Megan, if you want to come, here's point number four. I want to invite you to step, let Jesus step in your life today. Because Jesus can empower your life. Look at verse 22. He said, peace upon them 
peace be with you. He came through the locked doors of their life. And then verse 122 says these words, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. Jesus calls them to not just get out of, the, out of their fear. He calls them to exit with a mission. He says, I'm not just going to set you free. I'm going to set you loose on this world with a mission that's greater than yourself. But he doesn't just say, go do it. He breathes on them. Breath in the Word of God is always, it's always tied to the Spirit of God and the empowerment of God. As a matter of fact, the first time we hear this language is found in the book of Genesis when God forms man out of the dust of the clay, and there's Adam laying there. He's formed, he's made out of dirt. He's laying there a lifeless piece of dirt. And Jesus breathes, and what was dead becomes life. Jesus walks into a locked room, and these guys were dead with fear and ability, or dead with fear and inability. And Jesus breathes them, and these people dead with fear, they become powerful with God. Most of us in this room, how many would just admit that I need power beyond myself? Not all of you raised your hand, so now i got to pick on you. Those of you that said, I don't need any power besides my own power. Then how come you walked in the door this morning and made a beeline for the coffee pot? How come some of you others walked in with like a monster drink this tall? Anyone that wakes up like me, looking for the coffee in the morning. It's like, just don't talk, just, you know. Anyone that stopped by the gas station this morning and popped the top of a Red Bull or a Monster Drink. You know what? Every time you buy one of those things, you know what you're doing? You're just confessing to the whole world. My strength, my energy is not enough. But can I tell you, his strength and his power is more than enough. And you don't have to cross the street or go chasing after a coffee pot this morning. All you got to do is avail yourself to the power of God, and He will breathe on you. Creation began by God breathing on people. In Ezekiel chapter 37, there's, this, there's an account where God appeared to Ezekiel, and He showed him a valley full of nothing but bones. And He asked this question. He said, hey, can these bones live again? The prophet said, Lord, I don't know. You know, he's kind of like me. You really don't want to answer when God asks you a question. He's like, I don't know. Lord, you, you know, I don't know. And God uses that same word. He says, I can breathe on these dead, dry bones. And they'll begin living again. I'm just saying there's nothing that is so dead that Jesus cannot breathe on this morning and bring life once again. When we come to the front in just a minute, here's the only instruction I have for you. The only instruction I have for us because I'm going to do the same thing. I just want to ask you to come to the front, lift your hands, 
and pray this prayer. Jesus, step in and breathe on me fresh and new. And I believe when you say that prayer, God's going to do something in your life. For some of you, he's going to change the inside of you and the outside of you. He's going to change what you're facing. Others of you, he's going to breathe a new life that what you're facing, you can face because you're going to face it with a new strength. Amen? So I want to ask, as we stand all across this room this morning, if you lifted your hand, would you just join me? If you didn't lift your hand, say, I need a new life. I need fresh breath in my life. Would you just come join me around the front? And I want to ask you to come as close to these steps as possible so as many people that want to come can come this morning. And we're just going to pray, God, put fresh breath on us this morning. Fresh breath in us this morning. Congregation, if you're still in your seats this morning, would you participate this, this morning? Would you stretch your hands towards those that have come today? Just stretch for them and just spend the next few minutes praying that God, whatever it is, and whatever the situation is, bring fresh breath, fresh strength to them. Church, let's lift our hands this morning. Would you pray that prayer? Father, step into my life. Step into my life right now. Jesus, you don't have to step through locked doors. I'll open the door to my heart to you right now. God, I'll open my heart to you right now. Lord, you said in your word in 1 John that if we would just confess our sins, Lord, that you'd come in and you'd forgive us. Lord, you said if we would, if we would call upon your name, that you would be there. So we just, we unlock the door. God, you don't have to come through locked doors this morning. We unlock the door. And we say, step on in, God. Step in with your power. Step in with your miracle-working power. Step in with your healing power. Step in with your power provision. God, step in with the power to make those wrongs right this morning. God, step in and give peace that passes my understanding this morning. And God, breathe on me. Breathe on us fresh and new. Come on, church, begin to ask the Lord to breathe on us this morning, fresh and new this morning, fresh and new this morning. God, not our power, but your power. God, I just pray fresh breath this morning, fresh breath this morning, all across this church today, all across this church today, fresh breath today, fresh breath in our lives, fresh breath in our homes. We, Lord, step in. God, step in. We unlock the door today. Step in. God, we receive your peace and your power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Do it today. And now that you've prayed for yourself, would you put your hands on the shoulder of someone next to you? And would you pray for them? Come on, let's pray one for another today. Fresh breath in the across this room today. Fresh breath across this room today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray the power of God on display. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, press, press in. Come on, just spend another moment, Father, fresh in today. God, we just press in. God, we pray fresh breath today. God, I pray hearts are healed this morning. We speak the word of God that said peace. God, I speak the peace of God in the people's hearts this morning. 
I speak the peace of God in the families this morning. God, I speak the peace of God over addictions this morning. God, I speak the peace and the freedom of God, Lord, over every captivating thought. God, I pray where there's been fear of what if, God, there will be now faith of what will be in the word in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just pray for a wave of your breath to fill this place today. Fill us to overflowing this morning. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your strength. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I've asked Megan to lead us in this song today. We're going to speak the name of Jesus over those things we walked in with today. So when you're done praying, why don't you join this, join Megan in leading us in this song today. Lord, we speak fresh breath of... Lord, we speak your word over every issue. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadow. now just personally begin to speak the name of Jesus I want to ask you just to speak it over over what you're facing today that situation you've already asked Jesus to step into I know some of you you've already you've already sensed Jesus step in and do completed work but there's others today that you're still fighting it so you just speak the name of Jesus one more time Jesus God give fresh breath fresh breath in the people's heart people's lives today do it in Jesus name in Jesus name tell you're standing around the room this morning say pastor I'm still I still feel like I need a breakthrough this morning we just lift a hand real quick say that's me pastor I still need a breakthrough if someone's got their hand around you why don't you put your hand on them one more time let's pray God we just pray total breakthrough in this moment. Come on, let's pray, church. Total breakthrough, total renewal, total restoration, total freedom. God, we pray fresh breath of God rest upon this people today. God, I pray they will walk out of this place on mission and on purpose with a newfound freedom and hope that they've never had before. God, though the enemy may still attack them, God, they're going to be like fiery darts that are quenched by the shield of their faith today. Do it today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to ask you, I'm going to let you go in just a few seconds, but I want to just, I just believe it's important for us to just give God praise for what he's done. Sometimes you need to admit, how many, how many I don't want to get theological real quick, but how many know that the devil can't read your thoughts? But he can hear your praise. And so I want you to just give praise to God and let the devil hear it and let him know that, hey, he's been defeated and he's lost ground today. Amen. He's lost ground today. Jesus, you're worthy and you're wonderful. You're worthy and you're wonderful. And devil, you're defeated. In Jesus' name. Come on. Give God glory. Let the enemy hear his eviction notice from your lips this morning. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just pray, as, as our day is, may our strength be in you. God, I pray that when, when life tries to block us in or lock us out, I'm thankful that Jesus steps right in and makes the difference. When our grief is overwhelming, when our loss is speaking to us, when our, when our failure is, is plaguing us, Jesus, step in and make the difference. Give peace in our storm, and we'll give you thanks for us. Lord, bless the people that have blessed them and keep them. Let your face shine upon them. Give them peace and joy both now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you, the Lord, praise for us? word today. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day and God bless.